Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Semaphore Uncut, a podcast for developers about building great products. In this new episode, Darko, the podcast host, welcomes Quovery's co-founder, Romaric Philogene. In this episode, Romaric shares his thoughts on platform engineering and the future of developer experience. I hope you enjoy this new episode and let's dive in. Uh, so today with us, we have Romaric Philogene. Uh, Romaric, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Darko, for having me. Can you just go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, I'm, I'm Romaric, CEO and co-founder of Covery. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a tech guy, so basically uh, I'm running this company. So uh, basically what we're doing is that we, we do provide an IDP, so internal developer platforms to help uh, to streamline the work of developers, engineering teams inside organizations uh, and making sure that platform engineers provide the experience that developer expect at the end of the day. And, and, and yeah, we do exist like for three years. Uh, uh, we have more than 60,000 like developers using our platform. So that's great. I just started my career as a system engineer, I working on the infrastructure side. Uh, I transitioned it from like system engineers as a DevOps engineer, obviously, uh, doing some SRE stuff, but then backend development. So I work in different organizations, like the financial organizations, ad tech organizations, and then I was at the point that, uh, okay, instead of doing what I'm doing, like for the next, uh, like 40 uh, years, I just decided, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's do something. Let's build this company. And that's the way I just started basically a, a recovery three, three years back. <laughs> we have recently launched a CICD learning tool, which shortcuts into everything you need to know to level up your CICD process and increase your productivity. Also, to ensure that all our customers get the best CICD guidance, we have improved our sign-up process. From now on, everyone who's considering using Semaphore will get personalized CICD expert guidance from day one. Our engineers have more than 10 years of experience, so you'll surely be in good hands. Check it out on our website, semaphoreci.com. I guess it has been quite an exciting journey uh, since, since then. I think you you need to be a bit naive just to, to to start a company because you have this big dream. You have a clear vision of what you're doing, which is great. You have experience in the field, but you have to learn so many different things, uh, things like marketing, go to market, positioning, selling. You know all of that. So it's not a simple journey, but at the end, you are just a better man. I'm just curious uh, to, to, to hear from you, what are some of the technologies and, you know, patterns that you have encountered through your career prior to starting the company that, that, that led you to this, okay, let's, let's make this easier and better for people. If we look back like 10 years ago, we had already Heroku. So now that is part of Salesforce, like providing this great experience like to developers. But if you look at organizations, actually most of the organizations didn't want it to use that kind of platforms yeah. because of mostly IT departments that they have like different constraints and concerns about those things that they are abstracting a bit too much like uh, the infrastructure. So it's uh, something that is changing, but we'll talk about that just after. So I started working with obviously uh, virtual machines. So at the time that uh, uh, containers were not like something very fancy, I was using uh, uh, actually some uh, some uh, containerized like uh, technology 
uh, uh, but it was definitely not super user friendly. So great for IT, but not so, so much like for for for, for developers. Uh, one technology that I really enjoyed using is uh, a VMware ESX actually. Uh, so I don't know, Darko, if you're familiar with those uh, solutions that they are. Unfortunately, like, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest, it's one of the most like interesting solutions that I use in my uh, IT uh, career because uh, actually it it, it it did just work like it, it worked perfectly well uh, at least for us we had like a very high budget in terms of like different uh, servers that we were using and the uh, VMware solutions with the different options that you can get vMotions doing replications across different regions and those kinds of things were like accessible to us in the financials and to be honest I, I, I got like a really good experience with their product engineers as well on the support side they were very very qualified they knew exactly every single details of their platform so that was very enjoyable I just recently had a discussion with um, with a team in in, in Netherlands actually um, about that balance between open source and being you know let's say very popular, attractive, also part of you know some some level of hype around you know, and then a big organization you know tries to adopt it and it <clears throat> figures out that there is a um, a lack of support, a lack of maturity for their use case. Oh yeah. They had, I honestly forgot the examples, but quite a few examples where they actually decided to go for some, you know, pretty expensive solutions in the end Yeah. to, to counter yeah. to counter that. And for me being, you know, open source fanboy, fanboy you know, <clears throat> all my life and all, all, all of that, um, yeah, it's um, it has some very valid points. And then I looked through some of our history. We also, yeah. we, if we can buy, you know, some solution for something, let's absolutely buy yeah. it instead of, you know, install something right ourselves, you know. Uh, That's exactly, you need to be sure that your people inside the organizations are qualified just to operate that solution. As a founder, uh, I also consider that the time of, of my engineers must be allocated to bringing value to the company and not operating software that we can just buy because actually, the total cost of ownership in some way, so the cost of just running the software is cheaper by paying a proprietary solution than just integrating that into our, our own process and just operating on our own. And th then we also have the, the, the example of, um, you know, big public clouds that we, you know, uh, did a great service to the industry, industry as, as a whole, but also have that element that they are, you know, quite complex and uh, something that was, you know, absolutely lovely having those EC2 instances and having that S3, you can store as much things in it as you want and a nice load balancer and so on. But the complexity over time exploded and yeah. Um, yeah. now it's um, everything but, you know, simple and, and, and easy. Maybe you can give us some, you know, more yeah. stories in, in, in that domain, what you're seeing with your customers and... Yeah, absolutely. Actually, you get it right. I do think the cloud solved like a big issue that was basically provisioning and capacity pro uh, planning from organizations. Do you remember that time <laughs> when yeah. you had to just plan how many servers you are going just to, to pay for, like for the 
three next years, it just it was not even possible. So today it's no longer like uh, something that companies have to consider since they, they have access to the public cloud, which is great. So you can launch a company and run a company without any like a capacity planning. So if your business is growing, you pay just like for the capacity that you are using. So that's pretty, pretty nice, pretty. But today also what happened is that the complexity of the public cloud. So we started, so when we look back, AWS was just composed of three services at the beginning. So S3, SQS, EC2 for the compute. Now you have more than 200, 300 services. It's crazy. Uh, even if they are like abstraction on top of, they are like build, they are product built on top of those three foundational products. They are still, they are adding complexity. And what happened is that those services needed to also bring back some concepts that were required. So some options. And that's the way it started to be super complex. So, and now what happened is that organizations, they are like just struggling, obviously, like understanding all the things that they can do. You have people that they are dedicated to the task, obviously from IT departments, so cloud engineer that know perfectly well about those, those things. But at the beginning, the cloud was there just to help developers that they are bringing the value to just to ship faster, to get access to the different infrastructure layers through APIs. But now it's so complex that those developers, they can't uh, be super autonomous. So that's why organizations now just fast forwards, they transition in a way that they are no longer, they are still IT departments, but they are building platform engineering teams inside their organization to provide the, 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 the developer experience that developers expect, you see? So that's quite interesting because um, the, the cloud was in charge in some ways. So the public cloud was in charge of providing this developer experience. So that was what they did at the beginning. But now if we look at 2024, it's no longer the case. Uh, and that's why platform engineering teams are like teams that are integrated inside those organizations to solve that issue. Can you give us a, 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 a short like landscape overview of, of what are the areas that you can that you can help, let's say, from all of those 200 plus services that AWS currently has? <clears throat> if um, um, companies using like a mixed bag of maybe SQS and you know some running some containers somewhere plus some storage, you know, typical mix that's needed for a, for a usual kind of a, a, a company. Uh, what are the things that you guys are now uh, successfully abstracting and can solve? And what are the areas where people then have to branch out and use the raw yeah. AWS? Yeah. Something that we have seen just emerging now, like inside organization, it's, it's not a secret, but Kubernetes is becoming really the standard de facto to run orchestrate containers. We have moved and transitioned now organizations and big organizations as well, they use containers. So that's really good because if we look back 10 years ago, they were not even using VMs. Where we are helping is that, so Kubernetes is a great platform to run and orchestrate containers. So Kubernetes is built on top of Kubernetes, okay? But we do provide something that no one's like can provide is really the developer experience. It takes a lot of time and effort just to make sure that a Kubernetes 
a, a, a cluster can be used by any developers, like even junior developers. That's exactly what we do provide with Cori. If you have to retain something from Cori, it's just that we work, we sell developer experience. That's it. Platform engineering teams, they are traditionally coming from an IT background, maybe backend development background, not so much product background. And they are super good at operating the infrastructure. Okay. But the things of a platform engineering team is really work, uh, providing the experience that developers uh, needs to be autonomous and to adopt the platform and use it for real. And we are solving this gap of like those people that are building the platform engineering team, but the lack of developer experience into their platform. So they buy recovery for that reason and they can provide this, uh, this experience. So in terms of Kubernetes abstraction, it's great. And now, so the question is that, okay, what are like the services that you are not supporting? Actually, the way that we've built the platform is that you can really provision any kinds of resources. It's completely agnostic. Okay. So your platform engineering teams can provide templates of any kinds of services that you, 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 you want to use. It could be from your cloud provider, but even like from external solutions or internal solutions. There is no problem. We provide a framework of providing like those and an experience to provide those elements to your end user okay so that's it that's basically it's quite a it's crazy saying that in just 2023 what you are what you are selling what we are selling is not infrastructure but we are in the infrastructure space so we know and we understand perfectly well people managing infrastructure but also at the same time as developers is all about the developer experience that's it we are not selling anything else just developer experience what are some of the maybe interesting challenges that your your team ha had to solve it in maybe in regards to you know just, just Kubernetes as a, as a as a software solution or you know cloud in, in general? Uh, we are in a market that is changing a lot right now. So now platform engineering is a real thing. So I can even talk yeah. without explaining what's platform engineering because but if you look back 20, uh, just twelve months uh, back, it was not the case. You see, so it's really moving like a fast pace. So that's quite interesting. But during this year, what we, we face as a challenge is definitely also like educating platform engineers. So helping them to transition from like just pure IT background and providing developer experience. Now they are completely aware and that's something that has changed. Uh, if you look like for the 10 last years, in the 10 last years, because if you look at Heroku and those platforms, Netlify, Vercel, Platform SH, you see those past, so platform as a service product. Actually, they were doing the same, but they were working with individual developers. Inside organizations, yeah. you have those IT people, but they were not caring about uh, developer experience. And now that's something that has changed Like during this year. I can really be confident and say that for 2024, I just published a new article about my predictions about 2024 in the platform engineering space and developer experience is is really at the center of all of that really providing a path and talking about all those things making sure that people really consider that aspect because otherwise platform engineering is completely unnecessary completely unnecessary if we are just transitioning from like devops uh, engineering movement uh, uh, into platform engineering without doing any changes like on that side, then it's completely waste of resources and time. And actually what's fun is that if you look at platform engineering, it's just uh, DevOps engineering methodology. That's it. 
like distilling, making sure that ops people, developers work all together, but in a better way. It's no longer just like giving them access, giving them like the tools and providing them like servers and resources and say that, hey, guys, uh, those are like the resources you want. You want it to have like a server to run your application and then uh, yeah, execute that script and uh, do this YAML uh, uh, configuration uh, uh, file, execute this Terraform script and it will work. No, now we are in the, in the, in the, in the age of, okay, we are going to make an effort, us as platform engineers, to integrate into your workflow, into the way that you work. Okay, what are like the tools that you're using? Your ID, Git, or what's the way you're using Git? Okay, in a Git, Git flow way, okay. Oh, you're opening pull requests for every single, okay, features that you're working on and fix. Okay, we'll make sure that the tools that we provide integrate into that. You don't even have to think about how it works, it just works for you and we are providing the experience that you expect. So then from that, you can really focus on delivering the code, so the, the, the applications and solving like your business issue and everything will happen like under the hood for you. We have recently launched a CICD learning tool with shortcuts into everything you need to know to level up your CICD process and increase your productivity. Also, to ensure that all our customers get the best CICD guidance, we have improved our signup process. From now on, everyone who's considering using Semaphore will get personalized CICD expert guidance from day one. Our engineers have more than 10 years of experience, so you'll surely be in good hands. Check it out on our website, semaphoreci.com. In recent years, less, but in, in, in the beginning, let's say, of Semaphore, we had um, uh, some quite hostile DevOps people when we were you know, appearing at the at, at meeting because they are maintaining their Jenkins on whatever they oh, are yeah. maintaining on-prem. And then there is that, okay, but, you know, Semaphore, if, if you, it's available also on, on the, as on-prem solution, but, you know, if you're, let's say, focusing on the cloud SaaS offering, what is there for you to do? Well, maybe just help developers optimize their pipelines, you know, and, you know, make them faster and pay attention to those pieces, which are essentially the experience piece. Yeah. And no, you don't need to provision the servers, you know, and provision the capacity and all, all of that. So um, <clears throat> I, I guess in the, in, in, the, in the platform engineering area, there will be also like a, a certain cluster of people that would feel a bit endangered that they are losing their jobs so of what I'm going to do. I'm not going to scale the app or provision the app for you and, and, and all of that. Um, I think that's the most uh, challenging part of you see transitioning. It's helping people to grow also. So you always add and you still have like those reluctance of people that they are like uh, just uh, trying to protect their, their, their the, work the old way the way of doing things. Work and they don't want to, Yes, exactly. And they don't want to move, which is bad for like the organizations because actually they are uh, 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 focused on themselves and not on the needs and the requirements of the organization, which is really bad. You always have and you will always have like those kinds of people. But thanks, it's not the majority. And today you can feel and see that there is a huge interest in platform engineering. When I started working as a system engineer, I really wanted to empower as much as possible developers. That's why as well, I transitioned from 
uh, IT, the IT departments to engineering departments working on applications and understanding really deeply how engineers are building applications because they, they, are, they are the ones bringing value to companies, right? They are the ones building the applications, solving the purpose, solving business problems. And the IT department is a support department for engineers. And when you rely a bit too much like on IT people, then you know that it's complex for organizations hiring those people because they are costly and they are very rare. Actually, it's quite difficult just to hire those people. Then it's super frustrating. It's super frustrating for you as a developer because you have the feeling that everything is moving slowly, slowly, slowly. So having those people that consider and they are interested about developer experience, to be honest, yes, that's great. But you will always have Rodington people that they are just pushing back all of that. There have been different different trends um, in various technologies are uh, end up being adopted more quickly by the early adopters, the startup scene, and all all of that. People you know yeah. building smaller startups, but then there are also technologies that. Um, maybe on a surface seems counterintuitive that are more attractive to the to the enterprises what are you seeing with covery what is the type of company that that's uh, yeah. most interesting for you maybe to, to collaborate with and work with actually the solutions that they are chased by big organizations are not the ones that you see on top of hacker news for instance i do think it's uh, something that you learn the hard way most of the time when you're a technical founder because you do think that everyone is top of, it's like a running and using leading edge technology, which is not the case at all. I can tell you that even today, containers, it's a super challenging like a topic for most of the organizations, developers, because people, they sometimes you just forget, especially when you are really deep into all those topics. And it's still like super challenging for those organizations adopting that. Kubernetes as well. Kubernetes yeah. has a deep interest of any companies, and you you say it, it solves a lot of big problems that enterprises have, which is something counterintuitive because if you look at Kubernetes, the adoptions came from also smaller companies actually. So it's counterintuitive, but Kubernetes is uh, it's not super useful for most of startups. Actually. They can just yeah. run their application and their service. They they don't even have like any users. They can just pick a Raspberry a Pi and run the application on it. It's just enough, like uh, more than enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fear of missing out is is, is very hard on startups. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, those are like real, real things. Um, something that we and just to respond to your questions, so Covery is a product that is well adopted by mid-sized companies with large engineering teams because they are facing this problem of they don't have en enough IT people, so DevOps people, managing infrastructure. They start to have like high the, the growth plan to hire more engineers, and they are already feeling the pain of uh, being more autonomous. Um, the way that we grow and we uh, we develop the company is by being super uh, use case obsessed, like customer obsessed. So we are not coming with a technology. They are looking for solutions just to solve that pain that is cheaper, actually, because if you buy a product, it's cheaper actually than building it and they have already experienced that. So for us, it's a good way to get into organization. They come with, okay, I have this issue. 
and I see that your product is solving this issue. Great. Then we explain how it works. That's actually the the best possible way, <laughs> the best possible way to to also to sell. I would say. Because they they're explaining the problem, you don't have to kind of uh, yeah. you don't have to explain that they have a problem. So that, what what are some things that you guys are really looking to you know ship or expand further in 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 twenty twenty four in terms of you know product or maybe also the um, domain and company? Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, it's expanding the features, like keep improving the features that we have in our product. And on the other side, we are going to ship new additional product, mostly open source solutions that we have already shipped in 2022, like ReplyByte. ReplyByte is going to be integrated and we allocate more time just to uh, to spend on that one. But it's a fully open source solutions that help to seed your development database with production data, but by also uh, keeping safe all the sensitive information product. And we have also another product, which is not an internal developer platform, but an internal developer portal that is completely open source, an alternative to Backstage that we have started at mm -hmm. Clovery to provide really the experience that platform engineers and developers expect. Because if you look at Backstage, actually, it's great in terms of concept, but using it inside organizations, and we have our customers that they are expecting to get a portal that is better than Backstage, are just struggling. They struggle just to customize, to integrate that. It's really a pain in terms of maintenance. And we plan to solve all those issues based on the backstage experience. And so it's a 100% open source as well, developer portal, and we'll invest sometimes this year on that. Improvement of a feature that you already have, and you're polishing that for a, for a two or three years before it really shines and it, it's, re, it's really perfect. Yeah. I would say that in the product building world uh, that's probably the most um, on the surface uh, yeah. kind of neglected or you know underestimated yeah yeah you you're right and something that is changing for most of product organizations I'm pretty sure you have this same same challenge is that sometimes investing more time on a on a specific feature will not help you just to grow your business which is something that could be also super challenging just to drop off, to stop like developing that feature. Actually, it's like we keep maintaining it, but we'll not invest so much time on that because now we can't expand the revenue. We can get new customers. It's no longer a topic. So you have to be also, you have to consider that. Again, thank you so much. It was a great conversation. Yeah, thank you, Daco. What a great conversation. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something new. Make sure to subscribe to Semaphore Uncut on your podcast player of choice so that you don't miss our new episodes. And stay tuned. 